You have arrived at your destination. So, huh? People don't know this. Yeah. Because we, uh, Will likes to keep episodes in the can. I definitely do. I love it. For those it. of you who don't know what that means, <laughs> remember that, ep- you remember that scene in, uh, uh, in <laughs> Dennis the Menace where, yeah. where the, the creepy guy's eating, eating beans and stabs his can. With oh my a, God. That's Christopher Lloyd. I had completely forgotten he was in it. Christopher Lloyd? Yeah, dude. That's Doc Brown. Huh. Doc Brown eating beans. Yeah. But he's eating beans and it's gross. Ugh. Yeah. Like our episodes are that be- those beans. <laughs> we okay. keep them there. I like this analogy. I love that now that people who didn't know what in the can meant or couldn't infer based on now the context, they now they get it. Yeah. You know what's also <laughs> weird about that movie? <laughs> what's that? <laughs> I quote that movie yeah. on a regular basis. Uh-huh. Let me tell you why. Why do you quote it on a regular basis? Anytime. Wait, can I have a guess yeah. at what line that you? Uh huh. Yeah. You yeah. Give it a guess. Quoting. Give it a go. My guess is you're quoting a child who we don't know the name of, <laughs> <laughs> who says, a uh, "Apple." <laughs> Why do we both know that? Why did I know that that was the line you were going to be quoting? I don't. Any anytime someone's eating an apple, I have to say, <laughs> a uh, apple. apple." It's from when Christopher Lloyd again being a creepy ass walking around this neighborhood walks up to this infant little boy little boy little girl i don't remember and yeah they've got an apple and he says what you got there what you eating there yeah uh apple Uh, and then he stabs it with his knife yeah the same knife he he cuts his can open with to eat his cold beans and you know the most the most fucked up part of the whole thing is that he cuts the the peel off and eats it did you ever notice that I'm okay with that. I mean, I am too, but it's weird to cut the peel Just off and the peel. eat. Yeah, he cuts it off to eat it. You got to leave. It's It's got to be like a an even ratio yeah, at least. Like of, bite into that that thing. You know what I mean? I like, I mean, I I, like apple peel. Don't get me wrong. I don't like to bite an apple. You don't like to bite into one? No. You're a I, slicer? I'm a slicer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. My grandma was a slicer. She would always slice them right up. Yeah, there's just something like, about... You're just dirtying a knife. I like to just uh, get in there. Just something it just doesn't feel right. See, I feel like I'm uh I'm honoring my ancestors. Yeah. I feel like my ancestors just now if if you got dug one of those, them teeth in there. You know like the mini um Granny Smiths, they're just very small. It yeah. Makes you feel like you have a giant hand. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. If I'm super like hungry uh uh-huh. and you just bite into one of that's fine. Huh. I don't but like I, Granny Smiths. So that's, what? No, I don't like God, the sour, dude. They're the like best sour. apples. No, dude, I like a gala. I like a sweet, delicious treat. <sighs> that's what I'm after. Maybe with some peanut butter on there. Oh, you probably God. like oh, gra- you. You probably like those grainy <sighs> apples, don't grain- you? Oh yeah, dude, give me that grain, dude. Give me that grain. <laughs> I remember at, at, as a kid biting into one of those and just always feeling so disappointed. Oh man, I was so psyched about. It. They're soft. They're good. Mm. Yeah, they don't. They mm, don't mm, make mm, you mm, salivate mm. like a good yeah. Granny Smith. <laughs> That's true. I want someone to make you salivate beforehand and not afterward. Welcome to the Common Creatives Podcast. This is Will the Doc. I'm sitting here with Joe the Maestro. The maestro. Um, not the Maest Joe. Not the Maest Joe. 
that was proposed and struck down. Yeah, that's dumb. Um, it was it was fair. It had its day in court and it got struck down. So we we talked about Dennis the Menace on purpose because tonight, <laughs> <laughs> because we're good at segues, and tonight we're talking about Rob Zombie, the the greatest menace of our <laughs> greatest time, greatest menace of all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, Rob Zombie. All right, so I gotta get my notes. I'm out for really this. curious to know what you thought before you did any research at all. Um, what were your <clears throat> thoughts? Because I know. Uh, I'm the one who proposed this idea. Yeah. I'm more into Rob Zombie than you are. And so I'm curious what your thought was. Well, let, let me tell you this. Yeah. This year for me has been the year of the zombie. Okay. And let me tell you what that means. What does that mean? There's this scene in Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, Rob Zombie's in that can. I Yeah. Zom- Rob Zombie is, are those, is nasty cold beans. <laughs> yeah. With like oh know, god we're not gonna have another knife it's like all the bacteria yeah. we're not gonna have another asmr episode no argument are we? and what's up with the, what's up with y'all <laughs> i'm like i'm like yeah. dog i don't i don't yeah. even know if we should release this bachelor episode because i'm like it was yeah. an earlier one we recorded yeah. i'm like were we even grooving yet do people yeah. does our audience even care y'all care y'all cared this one, this to be fair, Rob Zombie's going to come out uh, a few weeks later than what the incident that we're talking about. But as yeah. we're recording this, we just dropped our Bachelor episode. Yeah, couple couple episodes back. You in guys seem really excited about that. Yeah, you really liked that one. Um. Anyway, so year 2019, <laughs> year year of the, the zombie. Year of the zombie for me. Yeah. And what, what does I'm, that mean? What I mean by that is this year, I've uh, so okay, middle school, high school, right? Yeah, Rob Zombie's out there jamming. He's out there as a kid, yep. not into it. No, okay, me either. And I've I've got a I've got an interesting little tangent to go go on <laughs> there. Okay, um, which actually does tie into yeah. Rob Zombie. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I and, appreciate that. Because uh, <laughs> I could go on more about Dennis the Menace. Right. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, the okay. The, yeah, the teeth, the chiclet teeth, <laughs> the chiclet teeth, and the chewy paint meat on the grill. For those keeping score, we are back to Dennis the Menace. <laughs> I remember both of those things viscerally. Yeah, those are the yeah. things. That, yeah, Walter Matthau kicked yeah. some serious ass in that movie. Year of the All Zombie. Right. Yeah. Okay. Year of the Zombie, 2019. I um <laughs> didn't care for for uh, the zom- the zombie. Yeah. Okay. Growing yeah. up jamming um when i was in middle school i did jam out to uh the uh song that was on the game yes game. we just talked about this twisted metal three twisted metal three yes um which but again that was a game that you had i never had it okay i just played it played yours yep fast forward to like 2003 Sure. He uh, writes and directs and releases his first movie, which there's some interesting things to cover there as well. I think it might have come out a little before 2003. Yeah. But I could um, be wrong. He filmed it in 2000. Ah, it was shelved gotcha. until 2003. Shelved until. That's right. And there okay. are some, I've got some fun little stories about that. Cool. Didn't care for it. Yep. <laughs> Went to the theater, didn't care for it. Yeah. Did we watch that together? We did. Okay. That's what um, I thought. And there's this whole like icky, gross yeah. feeling yeah. I got with. Rob Zombie, definitely. And since then, I I had seen a few more few more Rob Zombie movies. Yeah, had trouble giving them a chance mm-hmm. um, because of this feeling I had as a younger person. Sure, yeah. To where that I sticks. Could, it was hard to cross the barrier. It colored your experience yeah. of his stuff. Yeah. For whatever reason, 
this year I decided to step over the fence. Okay. I revisited, we revisited <laughs> some movies. Yeah. Um, one of which I had never seen before. And then, you know, you're like, hey, let's do an episode of Rob Zombie, whatever, whatever, whatever. And <laughs> I'm thinking, I think I can get into this. Like, yeah. I think I've found my in. Okay. And my in is Rob Zombie as a filmmaker. Yes. And a unique filmmaker. Yes. That makes sense. Um, that makes sense to me for you. And I get in there and I start listening to like, some interviews, uh, mm-hmm. watching some interviews, listening to some more music. Still can't really get behind the music. Sure. But there are elements of the music that I can get behind. Sure, yeah. Um, Like e- even uh, you think of Rob Zombie as one thing, but when you really yeah. pick apart what he's doing, yes. he's a lot of things. Yes, it's absolutely um, true. And I think there's a lot to uh, admire and appreciate about Mr. Zombie. So this is Joe's year of the zombie. This is my year of the zombie. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the club. Not Thanks. like I've been in the club for very long. I got no. into Rob Zombie like a year or two ago. Sure. Something like this. But for those of you who have no idea who we're talking about, that's nobody. No one listening to this has no idea. But just for just for the sake of posterity, Rob Zombie's a musician, a writer, a director. He's best known for what? He was in the band White Zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, went solo. Went solo, obviously, under his own name, Rob yeah, Zombie. Uh, more successful. Which is his legal name now, Rob Zombie. Yeah. He Which dir- makes sense considering his wife's name is Sherry, Sherry Moon, Moon Zombie. Zombie. Yeah. yeah. He also directs films, mm-hmm. uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, Lords of Salem. Uh, uh, the new one is Three from Hell. Three from which Hell. Is the end of the trilogy that is House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes. Probably. 31. 31. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he's done some others that I've never seen. Also, he did Halloween and Halloween 2. Halloween, Halloween. The remakes. Which I am actually really excited to give another shot. Yes, me too. Yeah. Halloween 2 is actually very interesting. It's yeah. a very interesting movie. Halloween 1, I only saw like twice maybe, and I didn't love it when I watched it before. I, um, one, one more thing I got to yeah. throw on before we, before we keep going, and we will quickly, but he also d- directed, uh, funnily enough, Tom Papa, live in New York City. <laughs> So there you go. Good. You know the comedian Tom yeah, Papa? I know, yeah. I know Tom Papa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I feel like we had a What's, Tom Papa special. We had a Tom Papa special. <laughs> I watched the MTV. Love, Love the, the MTV. MTV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he directed a Tom Papa thing. And Tom yeah. Papa also did um, a voice in a cartoon that Rob Zombie directed called The Haunted World of El Super Bisto. Which yeah. was based on a comic book or yeah. something and related as I was, to a comic book. Yeah. As I was going through Rob Zombie's uh, uh, dis, not his discography, his filmography today, yeah. mm-hmm. um, he's listed as an actor in every James Gunn movie ever made. Whoa, is that true? That's weird. Oh my god, I didn't know that. What's the connection between James Gunn and Rob Zombie? I don't know. It, he he was an actor in Slither. He was like a voice in something. Oh my god. Apparently, he was in Guardians. That is wild. Yeah. Super interesting. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Another uh, fun little showbiz tie-in that Rob Zombie has. I don't know. I'm sure you came across this. Do you know who his brother is? His brother's the lead singer of <laughs> Power Man 5000. <laughs> his brother's name is Spider One or something like that. It's, <laughs> Good. His first name is definitely Spider. Yeah. <laughs> I forget his last name. Good. For but him. yeah. So um, so that's really interesting yeah. that that his uh, his brother would also be a famous sort of metal yeah, so, singer. Uh, Power Man 5000 does play into a point, not a point I'm going to make, but uh, an interesting observation I've made about myself. Okay. Go um, for it. So let's let's start back uh, yeah. with Rob Zombie as a youth. Mm-hmm. 
So Rob Zombie essentially grew up in what he what he thought of as the most boring place. Yeah. Surrounded by just boring people. Yep. And he found his escape in television. He's from Massachusetts, right? I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, originally. So he he finds his escape in television. He watches a lot of TV, and mm-hmm. you know it kind of starts for him with it's not like everything weird and gross and creepy. It's oh, this Johnny Carson show is dope. Look at all the like you know he he um well well, well first of all he he was quoted saying that basically a very uncreative environment that yeah. he lived in fostered um creativity yeah and kind of helped develop his own bizarro personality is yeah. what he calls it he was born in 1965 so he's 54 years old at the time we're recording this yeah so he grew uh, he came of age in the 70s yeah essentially but i think what's what's interesting about him um growing up is that to this day he's very adamant that he was he he just loved music. Yeah, in the movies, mm-hmm. um, he said he loved everything from from Alice Cooper to ABBA. Yep. Um, and when he grew up, he wanted to be Alice Cooper and Steven Spielberg. Yeah. So he loved yeah. all like yeah, and he kind of he, he kind of did in his yeah. own way in yeah. his own way exactly. Yeah. Um, he, he found his his a very specific kind of. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear that. <laughs> Tiff talks to the dogs in such a way that's like, hold on, shh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that, but oh, they can. Yeah, it's a it's, promise. It's con- like <laughs> most of the time we're home with the dogs. That's what you, you're going to hear through that. Yeah. So that that kind of in in an even more recent interview, he was talking about how like. He hates that like you've got metal fans yep. who are like death death metal or nothing or yeah. this kind of metal or nothing or this yep. kind of music or nothing where he's like dog I just like music yeah like I just give it all to me and I'll tell you like I'm gonna like what I like I'm not like what I'm not not gonna like you know what yes. I mean and it kind of got me thinking to where like we we did that episode on pop music which mm-hmm. I'm sure has has that been out yet uh not at the time of this recording but it, but will, it will by the time yeah. they hear this yeah. And it, and it kind of got me thinking that like you know when you're when you're very, super young you have an outlook on the things you like yeah and then when you're older and a little bit more um, self aware I guess yeah you you kind of find your way back to that somewhat mm-hmm. but like when you're like nine to like eleven yeah when I was nine years old I was listening to anything from like Backstreet Boys to Corn. Yes. Or maybe 11 or something, yeah. whatever that was. Yeah. Like when the new... Just whatever's on. Yeah. When the Corn album came out, yeah. I was intrigued. Ooh, no, that yeah. that was d- Disturbed yeah. or something. There's what it was. Yeah. yeah. But that, that, that yeah. video, that song for that, you know, like I was like, yeah. what is this? Like, but at that time, yeah. I'm only like two years out from like... Uh-huh. Being the kid that says no, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna zero in on this thing, yes. and everything else is like super uncool, right? Yeah, and and I think there's a couple there's a couple points to be made there because one is part of I mean I'm not totally against that notion of saying oh everything else is not cool because that's part of like identity building when right. you're a when you're a teenager or whatever sure. thinking everything sucks but or think everything that you don't like sucks whatever it is but also there's a point to rob zombie particularly which is that he grew up in the 70s where there just was this monoculture it was like there were enormous and we talked about this on other episodes but there were gatekeepers who decided what was on tv yeah. who decided what was on the radio who decided blah 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 right it wasn't like spotify's giving you sure. nuanced things every day and i've heard, i heard him in, a, in an interview as well talk about like how 
he liked scary movies and monster movies growing up, but like at the same time, he watched John Wayne movies because it was just what was on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And he talked about he would listen to Kiss and then like Diana Ross would come on and then the Allman Brothers. And yeah. then, you know, so he's listening to, he's, you know, he's just I, steeping I wanna, in you know, popular we, we, culture. I, I think we were kind of probably the last generation that experienced that. That got any of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. TRL, things, you know, Corn yeah. was on TRL. Exactly. Rob Zombie. And then Britney Spears after you know, after Corn. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. So mm-hmm. you had this whole kind of. And yeah. there was a time where, you know, after that, it was like, okay, if it's like, if it's not something that the guys in Green Day would listen to, yeah, exactly. then that's not cool. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that, like I said, some of that will happen for every generation. Yeah. Where sure. it's like, you need to think something sucks because you're defining your own identity or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then there is the point of which, at which, like, what even is popular? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what even, you don't have to ever come into contact with anything that's not yeah. exactly what you love now. Um, but for which me. Which is kind of a bummer. Um, the path that I t- took, and I think pr- you probably took a similar path because yeah. we grew up together and sure. we had a lot of very similar interests. Yeah. Um, Rob Zombie was right outside of the wake of the things that I would have at all been interested in. Yes. Zombie's not, he's outside of what I considered to be kind of cool. Yes. Well, and, and to some extent, like, I didn't have as nuanced, and this is true up until like a year ago, I didn't have as nuanced an understanding. I'd never given him enough time sure. to understand him as an artist in a way that I could have an in. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and some artists you're just not going to have an in with. Maybe you can respect them or whatever, but they're yeah. just not your taste. But like, he has so many influences going on all at once that like, still to this day, even now, some of the things that he does and some of his tastes, I definitely don't share. And I don't think they're cool and I don't like them right. and all this stuff. But then there are other aspects that I am into. Right. And so it's just kind of one of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I in my notes, I have... Uh, <clears throat> I have a section just for as aesthetic themes, like themes that I see come up over and over again in Rob Zombie work, whether it's sure. music, whether it's movies, whether it's his comic, which I've read, whatever. So I'll just list these off. And you can tell me if you have some to add yeah, or if these make you think of anything. So number one is the 1970s, right? Mm-hmm. He loves the 70s. Yeah. All of his stuff is bell-bottoms and yes. grimy 70s stuff. And it's interesting, too. You'll listen to... I don't, I don't remember which song it was, but... Uh, yeah. It was you, Will made me a, a Rob Zombie like kind of playlist of yeah. kind of uh, scope of like the things I should know, and one of the songs had this like guitar break in it. it you know, Zombie's sound is four on the floor drums. Yep. Boom. Cat. Boom. Cat. It's almost like a, a slowed down Metallica yeah. sound. Mm-hmm. But then I heard somebody describe it as a jock jams riff. <laughs> That's sure, pretty <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. But then he'll break into like there's a guitar part will come in that's 70s psychedelic music yes psychedelic it's it's not something that you would you would listen to as a kid and say oh that's nuanced yes you know you're gonna say i don't like this any of this but listening to it today i'm like i'm not even a big fan of like psychedelic music yes just the aesthetics not for me but i was so intrigued that 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 was in there that he would mix that together yes and then weirdly enough because he has this sort of his work has this sort of nostalgic lens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he has this 1970s thing, but also he has White Zombie, particularly, is one of the first bands or one of the early bands to put like industrial sounds in there. So they sure. use like some sort of techno ish yeah. flavors in there, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. So, anyway, 1970s. Did, Rob, did White Zombie start new metal? 
Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I would have to look into new metal. Yeah. I'm not enough of a metal head to know that. And new metal, again, for you and I, was not a cool thing. It was not a cool thing, no. And so I think I, yeah. I lumped Rob Zombie in with that stuff. Sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. So the 1970s, uh, Hillbilly Cannibals, this is a big thing, and like white trash culture more in general. Yeah. And, and I heard him use that phrase. I'm not trying to like, you know, shit on poor rural communities or anything right. but like i heard him use the phrase white trash culture and i think there is something to that right like yeah white so. trashiness you can see him in there he also loves hot rods this shows up again and again sort of like burn through yeah. the ditches and burn the witches see the thing is i know the words and i don't want to say them i just want to hear you do it that's, that's um, as good as i can do that's great but yeah it's like it's hot rods it's like american muscle cars you know yeah like 70s muscle cars texas chainsaw massacre is all over most of the things that he does sure whether music or mm-hmm. especially movies devil's rejects is basically an homage yeah um to texas chainsaw he also has in some of his stuff he has influence from early monster movies one of his videos that we just watched a little clip of living dead girl Mm -hmm. is just the cabinet of dr caligari the german expressionist film it's just that done as a music video with him and so like the texas chainsaw massacre vibe i was not into when i was younger right i'm more into it now but i wasn't into it when i was younger the universal monster vibe or the old monster movie vibe i just didn't notice that in him i don't think because i liked that stuff growing up and i just it wasn't on my radar for rob zombie it wasn't rob zombie like you know it's like (laughs) yeah here's an analogy rob zombie has a very specific flavor yeah he does or scent if you will yep Let's call it stank. Okay. Rob <laughs> Zombie stank. Rob's you got a Rob Zombie stank <laughs> on something, right? Ugh. Yep. And if some sure do. If you go up to like a that what you think would be a delicious meal, yeah, that smells funny, you're not gonna eat it. Yeah. Right. Sure. But then yeah. later, when you're older, you're like, that's just asparagus, bro. It's a good point. <laughs> So Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie is the asparagus of industrial new metal, yeah, and seventies homage, yeah. Okay, I think uh, we're done here. I think we're done. I think we've done it. Um, yeah, but so he, he kind of mixes these these vibes of like Texas Chainsaw gritty gore, and we'll talk about that when we talk about his movies. Um, he mixes that stuff with this sort of more classic horror monster aesthetic. Um, another thing that I wrote down for his aesthetic themes that I see come up over and over again. Uh, hypersexualized stuff. Yes. Imagery, sounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you came across this in any of the music that I sent. I don't remember which songs I sent. Yeah. He regularly puts women moaning into his... Right. Uh, mostly women. I don't think he puts any men moaning. But, no, he's, um, it's but not his style. It's not his thing. But nevertheless, he puts like sex sounds in his music pretty right. regularly. And... Also, the Marx Brothers. He has this Marx Brothers things sure. thing that comes back over and over. Some of the killers in his movies are named after Marx Brothers characters. Right. This kind of stuff. So, I don't know. What you were saying about a flavor or a, a, a stank. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have literally my notes. You know what you're getting with Rob Zombie. It's understandable if you don't like it. Yeah. And some of it I don't like. But you know what sure. you're getting. You know what it is. It, and I don't I, again. I don't know exactly how it happened, but like yeah. I think at this point I could watch and enjoy anything he does. I agree. And go back through like it's not like a. I don't even have like a feeling as much as yeah. like I don't like this part. I don't like this part. Yes. But 
I enjoy the thing as a whole. Yeah, so, okay, so that raises an interesting question that I wanted to ask you about. I remember watching, just for an example, you talked about House, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. I remember watching that when we were young and coming away with that gross feeling right. like when we saw we saw saw together as well and i came away yeah. with that feeling of just like i'm just unhappy that i saw unhappy that. That, yeah um, exactly i wish i hadn't done that to myself and then i came away with that same feeling when i saw the halloween remake the first time yes i came away with that i don't really have that with him anymore no i think i could watch either of those house of a thousand corpses i've seen since then i like it devil's rejects even worse i like it i think what rob zombie what yeah, what's getting me over he, that? Why don't he, I feel here's, that anymore? Here's, I think, here's an interesting thing. Sure. For us, we grew up in a place yeah. that has some correlations between some of the gross aesthetics that he has. Mm -hmm. Just like, just rednecky kind yeah. of like... Yeah. For, so for me growing up, I was trying to, to, to separate myself from that. It's an interesting thing. Um, yeah. And I want to say part of the, the reason I kind of was re repelled that was... was yeah. Just trying to like, yeah, be a West Coast kid instead of right. a Kentucky kid, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, for sure. And that has to do with when we were growing up and the age that we were and yes. everything. I remember you and I both. I don't remember if we have con had conversations about it or if we just sort of did it implicitly around one another. We actively tried changed to our change our voices. Yeah, yeah, we actively tried to undermine our own Kentucky accents. Yeah. Um. um but yeah. But that that being said, for for somebody growing up on the West Coast watching a Rob Zombie movie, sure. It's going to feel very stylized. Oh, that's interesting. But for us, it's not feeling stylized. It just feels gross and real. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. I um, hadn't even thought about that. But yeah. now watching it, yeah. it's completely 100% stylized. It's 100% stylized. It's not not very realistic. No. Um, even the, the parts you remember being just gruesome are kind of like yeah, mostly just kind of like weird and sound design. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, and to some extent, I think I wonder if that has to do with the fact that like if I didn't know who Rob Zombie was and I hadn't invested enough time in understanding him as a particular artist, both musically and in terms of film and comics and whatever. I wonder if I still might have those negative reactions to his films. I'd yeah, be able to handle know. them better because I'm an adult and it's not as big of a deal. Right. But at the same time, I think maybe part of why I could watch pretty much anything he does, no matter how gory and awful it is, is because I'm seeing it. Part of part of what you're being given when you engage with his art is the fact that he he sort of foregrounds the fact that it's him doing the thing. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it, it, He reminds me of two people in this way. He reminds me of Kevin Smith. Mm -hmm. I think he also does this. And Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Either of those two. And and it's it's to some extent, it's because Rob Zombie, just like those two, wears his his influences on his right. sleeve. They're not trying to sh they're not trying to show you real life. No. They're trying to show you completely their lens. Yes. Of what they think is cool. And to some extent, I think all three of those artists, whether filmmaking or even in Rob Zombie's music, I think it's fine for them if you don't lose yourself in the art. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I think something about their art, whether it's the music or the movies, it's okay if you watch it and you don't lose yourself. It consistently reminds you that it's art. Right. So like Rob Zombie, even when you're looking at House of a Thousand Corpses and they're cutting up people and it's sadistic and it's awful, there's also all these little references, right? You're completely yeah. aware that the whole time this whole structure is referencing Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. It's referencing all these other films, 
right? Does that we're, make sense? We're, we're, we're making movies. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it keeps not... reminding you that it's a movie to some extent. Yeah. Um, and I think... It's fun. It's special effects. Guess yeah. how we did this. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think it has... And, and so that infuses a sort of childishness into... And sure. I don't mean this in any sort of negative way. I mean in the best possible way. But it infuses sort of like a childishness into Rob Zombie's work that yeah. I think takes the edge off some of the like vi- yeah. gruesome violence that he depicts in his movies. Yeah, let, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, let's because, do that. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses is his first movie. Yes. Um, do you know how it came to be? I know a little bit, but tell me. Tell me what you found so, out. Essentially, Universal, um, which Universal is a, is a movie studio, uh-huh. but they also own uh, Universal as a park, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Rob Zombie was hired to make a haunted house. That's right. For I, I want to say it was essentially like Halloween Horror Nights. It is at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so he was hired to make this haunted house. Yep. He was inspired by it, and because of his you know fame through music and he's yeah. his hard style and his his sure. Know, I mean, he, gigantic he's, following. He's been directing his music videos at this point, so sure. he, he's tied to. He's this. never made a movie. Yeah, essentially, he's like. Uh, yeah, I have an idea. This I'm inspired by this haunted house. I think yeah. I can make a movie about this. And Universal's yeah. like, okay, can we see a script? He's like, yeah, I've got a script. Give me a second. Yeah. You know, he just yeah. he just craps out a script. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, yeah. I don't know if this was. I think it. I think it was this movie. Mm-hmm. It was either this movie or Lords of Salem. But I think it was this movie. Sure. Essentially, he was shooting two months after. The pitch. It was. It was um, House of a Thousand. Okay. Yeah. So here's what's here's what's interesting about being a director. Mm-hmm. The making a movie, the the nuts and bolts, the pieces of making a movie. Yeah. If you if you break it down to its bare, barest thing, um, which is putting somebody in a room. Yeah. Putting a light on them, throwing a camera and a mic at them, and then making them speak yeah. or do something, mm-hmm. and then doing that over and over, cutting all those that footage together, you've got a movie. Yeah, you grow up thinking like there's a magic to it. Yeah, and there is, but yeah. there kind of isn't. There kind of also isn't. It's yeah. just it's nuts and bolts as well. It's just you 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 point a camera at somebody. Yep. who's has enough light on them to to where that they'll be exposed correctly. Sure, and they say something right, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> um, and they say it convincingly and yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so that's not super difficult. Uh huh. What's difficult is the way that movies are made. Okay, movies are made. Moment by moment, uh-huh. scene by scene, sure. Uh, coverage by coverage. So when you see a scene where you have two people talking, you usually have a master shot, yep, and a shot reverse shot, which is the two close-ups. Yep. They have to perform that scene mm-hmm. several times, probably in the wide shot. Yeah. Perform it again where the camera's on one person. Perform yep. it again when the camera's on the other person. Yeah. And that's your day. Yeah. So you spend all day doing one scene. Of course. The next day, you might do another scene that takes place at the beginning of the movie or the end of the movie. Exactly. So this is where making movies gets hard. Yeah. You have to have it all in your head in such a way that when someone asks you a question, you answer it without doubt. Yes. This is how it, this is how this line is read because yes. this is where we are. Yes. This is the tone. Absolutely. So you have to know all the pieces and how they fit together into the narrative structure such that you can do it out of and this is hard enough for actors, yeah. right? Because oh, I need to be sad, yeah. but actor, I haven't even shot the scene where I the thing happens exactly. the that actor would make has me sad. To, completely rely on like where am i what's my motive you've always heard that what's my motivation motivation? that's why that's why yep so the tone of a movie 
is probably, in my opinion, the hardest thing to 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 get right over the span of that thing. Sure. Um, sometimes you just stumble upon it accidentally, I think. But uh-huh. other times you have directors who are just so good at like knowing how to play yeah. each moment yes. that the tone overall of the movie is just going to work in a, such a way, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the director's job is tone. Yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses is Zombie's first movie. Yeah. And they're on set, they're reading lines, they're, you know, burning money through 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 the camera oh, yeah. and through the crew. Yeah. And he's thinking, this is coming out weird. Mm-hmm. This is kind of goofy. It's a little cartoonier than I thought. Yeah. Is this going to be bad? This isn't, this isn't the movie I pictured. Yeah. I don't know how to fix it. I'm just going to go with it. Uh-huh. That what he's like. I'm just going to go with it. Roll yeah. with it. Roll with it. And by the end of the movie, he's made this movie. Yeah. It's cartoony. It's childish. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it is. It's bloody, and it's just because he doesn't. He had no experience tackling this monster yeah. that was a feature. He'd never done it before. You know, he makes this movie, and in order to, I think, try to fix it, he goes in and just starts shooting more stuff. Like even in his basement, just gross yeah. gruesome like just trying to like yep. make something shocking something, yeah universal says no nah, man like we're done we're gone yeah. yeah he says oh and they shelve the movie yep he f- finally gets the rights back to the movie himself yep takes it to mgm studios mm-hmm. mgm says cool we're, we're happy to have you on board and Rob Zombie makes a comment to mm-hmm. one of the higher ups. Yeah, I'm lucky that you guys don't have any morals, and you'll you'll take on somebody like me. They dropped him. Whoa! They said no, you're gone. Really? Yes. I did not come across that. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! And then after that, uh, <laughs> Lionsgate was like, "Yeah, dog, we don't care. We don't care. We're Lionsgate. <laughs> We're Lionsgate. Like you we- know, here is the thing. I gotta take a beat right here and yeah. say, you know." Sometimes when you've been in the theater and you've seen that Lionsgate title card, like you clench a little bit when you sure. see that title card. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they make some. They're willing to take some. They risks. make some shit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. So yeah, Lionsgate's on board. So Lionsgate's on board. This is three years after the movie's filmed. Yeah. So the the movie isn't yeah. released for three years. And apparently, there's like word of mouth about this. Like, oh, Rob Zombie made a full movie. Yes. And it's just not out yet. Yeah. And he's thinking like, oh, God, what did I make? I sure. don't. I'm a director that did not know how to <laughs> yeah. did not know how to like yeah. um, dictate the tone of my set. Yeah. So he thinks he's made a garbage movie. People sure. are into it because it's so wacky and wild. Yeah. But I want to say that because of that, um, the colors are brighter than normal. Like probably less film grain and and, yeah. and less seventies and all this stuff. Sure. I want to say that just him not knowing what he was doing kind of yeah. helped dictate his his tone later. Yeah. But then if you watch uh, the sequel to that movie... Devil's Rejects? He's got the tone nailed down. Yeah. And the tone is dirtier. It's... Yeah. It's grimier. It is. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like kind of like a road cop shoot 'em up movie. It is. It's got a Western vibe. It's got it. a Western yeah. vibe to where like he's figuring it out. Yeah. Um, and that movie is critically... It's his best, it's critically. His best. Yeah. And I've, I've got some thoughts on that too, but I, I don't, yeah. don't want to... I don't want to take away any. Um, he may he may have known exactly what he was doing, right? Sure. Um, and I, I want to give him the benefit of the with with what with with the Devil's, Devil's rejects? rejects. Yeah. But part of me kind of thinks that like, okay, here's the thing about Devil's Rejects. <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. You got these three bad guys. Yeah. They're awful. Oh yeah. They're wild. Terrible. There are plenty of scenes in there where it's just like, 
for, I mean, for for folks who haven't seen it, like yeah, it is it is a hard to watch movie at points. Like at it's, points, it's you like, know they 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 they. It's they, a family of cannibal murderers. Yeah, who enact just, sexual violence on people and stuff. It's yeah. like really hard to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, like later on in the movie, you know they they find some of their friends. Yeah, and they, they have this very kind of loyal friendship with yeah. these other kind of bad people, to where like yeah. they're just hanging out, having a good time with each other. You yeah. know, they're not going to hurt each other. They would never do that. No, yeah. And then this mm-hmm. disgruntled cop yep. goes rogue. Yep. You know, it's one of those movies where at this point you're like, who should I be rooting for? Yeah. And I think critics really liked that. They did. It's morally ambiguous. Right. They're, they're it's morally that. ambiguous yeah, for sure. And I don't know if Rob Zombie's like. No, they're they're kind of the good guys in my mind. Or right. if he's like, let's play with this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you um, you think the moral ambiguity might have been an accident, right? Uh, or it might have been a happy happy accident, happy, happy accident. byproduct. I don't know. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and I want to give him the benefit of the de- benefit of the doubt right. and say yeah. that that was completely intentional. Yeah. But at the same time, I think he just kind of loves these guys and wants is and wants them to. Well, okay, and so this this brings or at us, least romanticizes them in a way. So that yes, so there's two points about that. Number one, I think you're right. I think I like Rob Zombie, but I think that was accidental. I think the mastery of tone in terms of moral ambiguity and making a sophisticated statement about whatever i think that's an accident i don't like not that he couldn't do it but i don't i don't read that as intentional i read it as sort of like he just i mean everybody in that movie's a piece of shit yeah like that's you're not making likable anti you you can't just make a character likable because they have some friends no everybody's awful it's just because the cops are also awful doesn't make the killers any better no um you've at least given the cops a motive yes exactly and at the same time this also ties into something that i really don't like about rob zombie's whole body of work yeah is his sort of idolizing or hero worship yes of folks like charles manson and his like overly enthusiastic interest about like serial killers and shit like that right like i'm real not into that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know no, what i mean I, absolutely like i'm super not into that and you see this in a lot of it gets i don't know if it's like just i mean like, I, I think it's 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 natural to 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 yeah. to be more curious than you think you would of be course. about that of type course. of thing. It's fascinating. It's interesting. Yeah, you shouldn't look, but you want to. It's the train wreck kind of thing. But the notion that you would like print Charles Manson's face on a T-shirt yeah. and like wear it, I'm just not. I just don't like. Yeah, when people kill other people or people inspire people to kill other people, like fuck those people. Yeah, those people are not cool. <laughs> If you didn't hear that, Tiff just said, you are talking about Charles Manson because she could not place who Rob Zombie was earlier when we said, hey, we're going to record this. She's like, who, Marilyn Manson? It's like, no, Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie are the same person. They're both kind of like creepy from like when we were kids or whatever, but that's like, but, and then she's like, wait, who are you recording? And and, and Will was like, just, just take one wild guess. She's like, is it that that guy with like the the tattoo on his face that like like Charles Manson? No, and then and then she just listened in to Will talking about Charles Manson. She's like, "You are talking about Charles." No, yeah, we, are we gonna keep any of that? I don't Is know, that maybe. funny? We'll keep some of it. We'll Is keep that- at least when she said, "We are talking about Charles Manson." Yeah, keep that for sure. 
but yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Uh, and you find this in a lot of like hor- the horror community, the the like goth metal punk. All, all these communities have sure. these little subsections where they're like for some reason, like it's not countercultural or cool or sticking it to like, authority. It's to, like yeah, you know, when you're growing up, you're like. I'm different. Charles Manson yeah. is super different. Yeah. Charles Manson had yeah. people kill people. Yeah. And I get it. Like, I mean, he, he's an interesting character and like his life is super tragic and blah, 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 blah. Like, I totally understand that. Uh, but at the same time, like, no, he's not like, a, he's not a rock and roll star. Like, you know, yeah. put the Beatles on your shirt, put the Rolling Stones on your shirt, put Alice Cooper on your shirt, put Rob Zombie on your shirt. Don't put Charles Manson on your shirt. Good Lord. That's ugly. Yeah, it's gross, man. Don't be that's, ugly. That's fucking stupid. All right. Anyway. Cool. Tangent done. Tangent. Okay. Uh, but yes, so that that ties into that, the fact that he glorifies uh, his characters in this way. Yeah. I read that as accidental. Um, yeah. And and the other the other point I wanted to make about that was uh, number one is it ties into that number two is you have to take it into the context of the other films he's made he's yeah. never done that again yes Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and more I than, didn't see three from hell did you end up seeing I it? haven't seen it yet no I need to see yeah, that I heard that it was not yeah interesting fact yeah I, I watched an interview with Rob Zombie today uh huh after right after Lords Lords of Salem released yeah. And the more I think about Lords of Salem, the more I really dig Lords of Salem. I like Lords of Salem a um, lot. I yeah. feel like the aesthetic of Lords of Salem is more representative of what he's actually yeah. into and likes. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's not just a dirty, weird. It's not all gross that because Lords of Salem has that too. It does. It has dirty, gross, grimy feel, but it also has other things. Yeah, it does, but it's through a much different lens. It is. Yeah, um, definitely. It starts off in a way that's these kind of dirty naked yeah you know dirty naked uh, <laughs> witches witches yeah. yeah being weird and gross yeah but then it like gets into like mm-hmm. some like intricate wallpaper dolly shots yeah. you know it's got some wes anderson-y sort of you yeah, know yeah it's like well, some, it's it's a little bit more kind of classic monster movie exactly feeling. to some extent i think this has to do also this ties back to me um to the comment I made earlier about like quote unquote white trash, I sure. think a lot of his a lot of his horror comes from has a sort of class distinction. So I think that's what's what one thing that I like about Lords of Salem is that he lets his horror sort of bleed into the at least middle class, right? It's not yeah. all sort of trailer park eating each other or whatever. Sure. Um, but yeah, anyway. Oh, after um, Universal dropped uh, his movie, yeah. They kept his haunted house, but renamed it American yeah. Nightmare. Oh my goodness! Really? And uh, there are a lot of apparently there were a lot of the same like House of a Thousand Corpses had the same kind of like gags and like scares yeah. in the haunted house. Yeah. Um, and they would play a trailer to the movie. <laughs> um, okay. As, in the line. Sure. But like anyway. Yeah, that's wild. Matter. He also did. Uh, he went back to doing that just this year. He had, uh, and I don't have the name uh, ready. I should have. But uh, in 2019, as we're recording this, he he was involved with developing a, a haunted house or haunted maze or haunted attraction, sure. something like that. For oh, yeah. The reason I mentioned uh, Lords of Salem, I watched sure. an inter- interview where he was uh, repping Lords of Salem and had just come out. Yeah, and this was in 2013, maybe. 12 or 13 does that sound right yeah he said that he was no he, that that was his last horror movie he wasn't going to make another one yes straight up 
He just wanted to be a filmmaker yeah. and and make records wanted and tour. To, wanted to transition. He yeah. wanted to do a sports movie next. Yes. Like the hockey movie. A hockey movie. Yep. Um, and I forget the team that he wanted to make the hockey movie about, but he wanted to make... Did you hear? Did you read about this? Not much. He wanted to make a film about this particular hockey team, and I can't remember. I could look it up, but I'm not going to uh, rush to do that. Nevertheless, uh, it never got off the ground, but it was about a time, a particular year or two in, this, in the life of this hockey team where their strategy was to just hire big, violent guys who could just take down opposing teams. Okay. essentially and so, so there would be hyper violence in the film yeah okay and so he couldn't get it made but there was that and then there was another movie that he was trying to get made that he couldn't get made did you see that no what was that it was called i think it was called raised eyebrows and it was about the end of the sort of tragic end of the life of groucho marx a guy wrote a book about the end of the life of Groucho Marx where he was being exploited by someone who was just trying to get his money after he died, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so this film was going to be based on the book. Zombie bought the rights to the book uh, that was going to be about the end of the life of Groucho Marx in this sort of tragic way. And I was like, right. that fits on that fires on all cylinders. It fires on all cylinders. It's tragic. You could have sort it's of... It's basically he's making the same movies just without... Yeah. Quote unquote scares. Quote unquote scares. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. It would still involve tragedy and suffering and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, you could get hockey in there. Or you could get yeah. <laughs> Groucho Marx in there or whatever. But yeah, um, for but sure. But it turns out if if you're a horror ish rock musician who makes yeah. horror movies that their fans will watch, yeah. studios are not going to finance anything else no of course not which is why he's made a lot of you know several more horror movies since yeah, then like he's made more horror that's where the money is that's yep. i mean that's what he can get made you've done this before therefore we trust you to do it again and he's also done crowdfunding i mean 31 he i think crowdfunded at oh, least that's part of that yeah yeah for sure which that one didn't get great reviews it was sort of like yeah we've seen we've seen this <laughs> you know yeah. it's you gritty it's gritty camera work and you killing yeah. people with chainsaws i didn't care for 31 yeah, it was fine. I mean, but it had, we can it had talk about one scene in thirty-one. Okay, that was unintentionally creepy for the wrong reasons. Oh, okay. There's a scene where the uh, where the uh, the RV rolls up to a rolls up to a gas station. Yep. One of the guys gets out. He's pumping the gas. Yeah. And this attractive young lady walks up to him, starts talking to him. Right. Yep. Turns out she's going to be one of the one of the women that's in this house later. That is. Basically, this hired killer for like these yeah. very rich people. Aristocratic, who, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She walks up to him and she starts talking to him, right? Yeah. Like trying to like being all seductive and stuff. And immediately I was like, oh, there's something wrong. Something's wrong. Yep. Something, this is bad. Yes. But it wasn't what she was saying. No. It was the timbre of her voice. Interesting. You know why? Oh, yes. She's Tell me. Tommy Pickles. Tommy Pickles. She's That's Tommy. Right. Pickles. That's right. Do you know her name offhand? Like I, don't, I can't remember. But I can, let but me look yeah, it up. So. Yeah, look it up. Because yes, no. <laughs> She's Tommy Pickles. I remember that as well. Yeah, Tommy Pickles is Elizabeth Daly. Okay. Elizabeth and, Daly. Uh, she was Dottie in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Um, she was Buttercup in the Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Um, but you heard her voice. I heard and her you voice, were like, and Oof. something was off. I'm like, yeah. and eventually I'm like, dog is that Tommy Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> I think we rewound it and watched that again because yeah. that's really funny. Um, so you mentioned... Um, oh, her name is Sex Head. 
oh, of in course. the movie. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> it checks out. Everybody's That's, a something head in that yeah, movie. It's a like, doom head. And, it's like, Rob, yeah. look, like Rob, Rob, listen. these are the, Rob, look. Like, I get that you have your thing, but <laughs> you're pushing into the reasons we don't yeah, exactly. care for your aesthetic. Exactly. That's just weird. So you, 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 um, couple points I want to make about his early life, just super quickly, factoids that I want to throw out. First of all, his parents were carnies. I don't know if you came across that. No. Uh, his parents were carnies, and he and his brother were raised working at a carnival um, during their summers. And he talks about it like it was boring. He says, like, no, it wasn't fun. I had to sell, like, candy-dipped apples and I burned my hands and blah, 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 blah. What's all this talk about, like, yeah, uh, super uncreative life fosters yeah, right. creative like exactly his parents no. were carnies number one and so um but he talks about it like i say like he talks about it like it was boring and he says no matter what your parents do you think it's boring and it sucks yeah sure. um they left the carnival after and you'll see him tell this story a bunch after a riot broke out <laughs> um where somebody hit he saw someone hit the another person in the face with a hammer Okay. And then his parents were like, okay, we're out. We're not doing this anymore. It's too dangerous kind of thing. And that ruined him. Um, yeah, apparently. And then another thing, an early job that he had, I don't know if you came across this, but you mentioned uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Uh, he was a production assistant on Pee-wee's Playhouse. Interesting. Early on. Wow. And so this also influenced his like. So like he's had a wild eclectic life. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not all just sitting around watching John Wayne movies yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. He's had a pretty wild life. But um, whatever, Rob Zombie. Exactly. God. Whatever. God. One thing Suburbia that in my butt. <laughs> one thing that I like about him, uh, his like creative process, and we've sort of touched on this a little bit, is that he doesn't come off as like a master of what he's doing. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I wanted and, to get into that. And I'm not trying to shit on his work, but like, no. Well, he's I, not an amazing vocalist. Not amazing vocalist. No. Not, I mean, I I think he, like he's. Anything that he's written that's like critically acclaimed is like yeah. a happy accident, music-wise or um, mo- movies mo- and music, narrative-wise. Yeah, okay. Music-wise, yeah. like it all kind of sounds. It's, it's all. all doing the it's same all just thing. a nasty riff um, with some. Yeah. But like when Lords of Salem came out, I watched this interview where he was doing this interview with this this young lady who just like was trying really hard to like be into like sure. Rob Zombie and what he was doing. Yeah, and you know. He he was not reciprocating <laughs> he wasn't because doing it he back, knows. Yeah. yeah, sure. He knows. Um, but she was like, "So for like, give me like the elevator pitch for what like Lords of Salem's <laughs> about." And he's like, "I don't know. It's like you know, they're witches and like the radio and like, <laughs> and, yeah." And, and he's which like, is kind of true. Yeah. He's like, "But you know, like when I was writing it, it was kind of like essentially like he's like we were just kind of like vibing on the spot and coming up with it as like it's like yeah it's much like yeah dog's not like doing any like no narrative work no he's just looking for situations to create vibes yes absolutely um, and and i and, heard um i heard him say that on particularly lords of salem uh he decided to do the opposite of whatever his intuition was and and the quote was just to see what would happen. He yeah. was he was like, I would start to do one thing, and then I would realize that that's what I would want to do, so I would do something else. And, um, that, and that's that's probably why I like yeah like it so yeah much. exactly. No, I like it too. And so he's not. I mean, you know, your point is well taken. He's not a um, he's not a master. Did no. you have anything else to say about that in terms of how his art reads? Um. No, I mean, like, he's, I think it's that kind of, like, John Carpenter thing where it's, like, he's just happy just creating, like, 
the vibey pulpy like yeah. thing. Yeah, it's not the kind he doesn't read at least from interviews and from watching his work. It doesn't read like he's like that was good, but next time will be perfection. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm gonna get this thing made, and that's the key. Yeah. The key is I'm gonna make the thing, and then there you go. Yeah. And it's not gonna be perfect, but it is gonna be what it is. Yeah, I, I watched one interview where uh, basically a guy was like, "How do you know when like the thing you're making is done?" He's like, yeah. "He's like, man, like working on movies, like you just have to make your day and get in and get out because yeah. like you're not gonna have time to to make it perfect. You're, you yeah. know, like yeah." And he was like, "That was the he's like that was the thing about though like the the first big Rob Zombie single. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, but he basically or maybe it was White Zombie. Yeah." And they get in and they record the song and the producer's like, "That was great. This is this this is the song's vibing, but I can't understand what you're saying." Yeah. So let's go back, do yeah. another version, articulate. Uh huh. And they get to a point where they're like, "This is garbage." Okay. And they reverted to not understanding what he was saying. Interesting. And they're like. Oh, so it's like you just kind of make the thing and move on. Yeah. You know, make it move on. Make yeah. it move on. Because make if you spend on. too much time, you're just going to kind of create yeah. something that's not as good. That's interesting. Which I think, you know, that's probably like, there's probably there's probably some interesting insight and uh, yeah, uh, wisdom there. Sure. But, um, but at the same time, yeah. there's also a different approach, which, you know, would be like a, like a Stanley Kubrick ain't doing that. No. He's not thinking that way. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> Like he's about perfection, you know what I mean? Stanley it has Kubrick's to be like perfect. <sighs> Shelly, <Like>, yeah, <laughs> Shelly, you're you're playing it in such a way exactly. that like no one's gonna believe that you feel that way. Let Shelley. me mentally abuse you to get what I need. Yeah. So, have you seen the 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 fly on the wall documentary that Kubrick's daughter made about the making of The Shining? No, it's like twenty five minutes long. Oh God, it's super interesting. We'll talk about it again. Off okay. Mic. Yeah. 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 Another thing that I want to mention about him that I think is really cool, and I think it makes it interesting that I enjoy his stuff so much. He's definitely he's not like we just said. He's not an amazing singer. Nope. He's an interesting director. I don't know that I would call yes. him a great director. He's not Spielberg. No. Uh. Uh-uh. He's not. It's not his talent that's super interesting in that area. No, you know what I mean. No, absolutely um, not. It's his vibe and his aesthetic, whatever. But he is a showman. Like that's yeah. what he is more than anything. He sure. Re- he packages things in a way yeah. and shows them to people. Yeah, he's a in he's, a way that's interesting. Yeah, he's a showman and he has a point of view. Yes, he does. Um, and like I said earlier, like making movies, like. Kubrick, like a director like that, is like, this is how the coverage needs to play out, yes. play out for this scene because yes. here's my vision. Yes. Somebody like Rob Zombie's like, oh, making movies is you point the camera at the person. Yes. You point the camera at the other person. Yeah. It's just the thing that the thing that he's pointing the camera at is visually and tonally kind of striking. Yeah. Because of his point of view. Yep. It's less about you know the craft and like putting it all together as a whole and more about what am I feel, filming in this moment? Yes. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally is. And the fact that he mixes and matches 
Um, he mashes together his influences in such an obvious way. This is why he reminds me of Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino so much. Yeah. Because it's like, it's super clear what influences Rob Zombie. Yeah. You can see it a mile away. You know exactly what it is. Uh, I heard him in an interview say something really, really interesting. When he was talking about before he started making movies, even when he was doing music, he cared so much about the visuals. He would care about the t-shirts and what the show looked like and all this kind of stuff. And he said when he was growing up, he loved movies. Movies, comics, this is a quote, quote, movies, comics, music, hot rods, monsters, girls in bikinis, and I just jammed it all together into the band, right? <laughs> right. Um, and then he talked also about how when White Zombie was breaking, essentially, and getting big, and when they were establishing themselves, grunge was happening, and he talked about he talks about how he never really understood grunge or didn't like it because it didn't focus enough on the showman aspect of it right right so, it's they're all wearing flannels yes it's yeah. just it's just well they all, here, they all look the same yes yeah yeah well let me here let me read this quote this is from him talking about the early 90s he says he says quote everyone's an entertainer as soon as soon as someone puts down 50 bucks to come watch the show there better fucking be a show that's why the grunge thing got on my nerves. It seemed really pretentious. Like, oh, it's all about the music. And I've never seen so many boring shows as when I would go to see bands like that. So he's thinking even then about the entirety yeah. of the package. Sure. Right? And the fact that it's a show. And it's clear because what does he hearken? What does yeah. he, he reference, right? 70s stuff. Yeah, you but know, that, that, Bowie, I mean, Alice Cooper. That also, like, there's also a parallel of our pop music episode, which is yeah. like... It's not all about the music. It's not all about it's the music. It's about the show. Yes. It's <laughs> about the package. It's the entertainment package. He's a, he's a showman. And I think this goes into... This is a greatest show. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> greatest showman? Did you never see the greatest show? No, showman? I didn't see it. Hugh Jackman, I didn't see it. Yeah. No, it's no, uh, P.T. Barnum, right? What it is is <laughs> very catchy. Yeah. And you'll feel like emotion welling up but uh -huh. you're not sure what's happening on this you know like it's one of those things <laughs> yeah sure and it totally works oh interesting yeah. i'll have to i'll have to check that out i'm interested in that yeah. i don't know i don't know if i'll watch it we'll see i, yeah. I just said that for the you're podcast not, you're not into musicals let's I do hate, an episode on I, musicals we need to yes i, God, hate I musicals. love musicals um <laughs> all right <laughs> so uh the thing that i heard rob zombie say just to just to throw a little rob zombie in there i have one more thing i want to do but um the thing that I heard Rob Zombie say that I thought, this is the in. This is my in. I heard him in an interview that he did recently where somebody asked him, oh, were you into horror movies when you were growing up or whatever? Yeah. And he said, well, I didn't really ever think of them as horror movies. I thought of them as monster movies. And I was like, that's the, that's the Rob Zombie thing. Yeah. That's the reason that I can be into Rob Zombie. Yeah. Um, is because he does, and I think that ties into his understanding of it as being a show, as being entertainment, yes. as being all this stuff. Even when he's showing despicable sexual violence in his movies, there's a show element to it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. It's it's one step removed. It's it's Universal monsters. It's you know his live shows have these big large puppets and pictures mm -hmm. of King Kong and right. go go dancers and stuff like that. It's not, and this is the only time in this in this episode in my notes where i mentioned marilyn manson it ain't marilyn manson right rob zombie's not going to make a song talking about mass shooters you know what right. i mean um it's not that type of horror it's a fun it's a more fun type of horror but when, but growing up rob zombie yes. and marilyn manson were the 
same six same one. thing to yeah. me you know same thing um, yeah exactly and i think there is that distinction and it sometimes is hard to see because like his movies are gross and hard to watch sometimes sure. <laughs> they're super violent and stuff like that but there is a different aesthetic that i think is really interesting yeah in terms of what is he doing and he sees it as monster stuff as opposed to just horror i'm into it yeah um i got a couple of lyrics yeah i was waiting i've been waiting for I these lyrics <laughs> just to give all our listeners who don't listen to Rob Zombie a little, a poet. A little taste of the <laughs> a little taste of the aesthetic of Rob Zombie. Yeah. This I can't even say this. Oh, I know that some of the people who are gonna hear this podcast. I don't want to say the name of this song. Hey mom. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, yeah, not just your mom, but her not, too. It's not coming from a place <sighs> of I didn't write any of this. Yeah. This is not I don't take responsibility. Even though I listen to this song. This song this song is called Teenage Nosferatu Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> what that else is, would it be called? That is that is so over the top. Yeah. It's so cartoonishly yeah. ridiculous <laughs> that like that fits for me with Rob Zombie already. But yeah, here's some of the words. Here's the just the two verses. I am shadow, or I am a shadow, I am tomorrow, I am a hero with a buggy whip. I am so hazardous. My my name is Lazarus. I am a pirate on a devil ship. (laughs) (laughs) I am the sickness. I am the quickness. I am a virgin dying in the spring. A hungry fat cat. Look at the black rat. I am a dark and winged thing. (laughs) Okay. Back up. Yeah. I've never been really confident as a lyricist. Sure. Um, and I think part of me is like, I'm just, exp- uh, I'm, I'm, I'm exp- like, yeah, I'm holding myself to it to I have a standard. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. like, okay, Definitely. that's, yeah. that's what we're doing. That's it. That's it, man. <laughs> I can do that. That's it. And I mean, as a lyricist, I'll say, I like that second verse a lot better than I like that first verse. Yeah. But nevertheless, um, yeah, that's what, what was the pirate line again? Cause um, I like that line. I am so hazardous. My name is Lazarus. I am a pirate on a devil ship. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's he's captured how yeah. I feel. Yeah. I like uh, I like I am a virgin dying in the spring. I think there's a lot of context built into that. Well, that's not said. I yeah. think that's interesting. <laughs> it's not for you. <laughs> but yeah, that's from Teenage Nosferatu Pussy. Yeah, I'm, the I'm, song. I'm on board the pirate sh- the pirate devil ship. It's fun, man. Yeah. That's fun. That's a monster movie. That's not yeah. horror. You that's got more? monster. Yeah. Um I got some I got some early reviews. Oh, we didn't talk about the one thing that I want to talk about. We didn't talk about is Halloween remakes at all. And I think sure. that's. I think that's. Uh, we should at least mention that for a minute. We don't have to go long, but yeah. Um. So, here's the thing about the Halloween remakes. Yeah. I saw the first Halloween and the second Halloween remake. Yeah. The first Halloween remake and then the the sequel to that. Mm-hmm. Um. In theaters one time, in a time where Rob Zombie wasn't my thing, but yeah. I was just get. I was kind of just getting into like feeling okay about horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now I'm at a point where it's like. Hereditary kind of, kind of like gave me the willies kinda. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <sighs> but it was just good more than anything else. Yeah. yeah. So, and at that time, it was more like I just felt icky, gross watching it. Whereas if you're watching John Carpenter's Halloween, you don't feel any of that. No. It's clean. It's all, it's all it's fun. Classic. Yes. It's, it's 
Halloween as yeah. you, you see it as a kid. It's suspenseful in terrible, parts. Terrible things happening in it. Yeah. But t- the tone the is... The tone is fun. Yes. Yeah. It's a cool breeze. It's crisp leaves. It's yep. it's, it's, it's it's cutting jack-o'-lanterns. Yep. And that's not, a, that's not and to it's downplay it's also a psychopath it. trying to kill yeah. Laurie Strode. That's not to downplay it at all. No. But you know you're not going to see... You're not going to see any of the little neighborhood girls get like butchered right in front of you. Right. Like you're not going to have to watch, watch something like that. So, so watching the Halloween remakes, it was for yeah. me it was more of a ooh yeah. feeling. Um, and yeah. later... Um, what I realized is that, like, one of the mistakes I think he made was trying to give Michael a backstory. Sure. Um, and in that, in the same way that, like, you know, Todd Phillips' Joker, you know, that's what I was gonna say. Exactly. I am so conflicted with Todd, Todd Phillips' Joker. <laughs> yeah. And we've we've had this. Sure. Y'all have heard the episode. Y'all have heard we it. talked a lot about it. Yeah. I don't think the script is awesome, but I think there's a lot to like about what's <laughs> happening, right? Yeah, sure. I feel like maybe like. There, there, there's something similar. I a similar feeling I have about these movies, and I haven't watched them since they were in the theater. So sure. that gives you an idea of how long it's been. Yeah, I really need to revisit them. Um, a, a little story about um, and there's also like trying to make Michael like an under like a character you yeah. understand. Yep, feels similar to that kind of Devil's Rejects thing, right? Yeah, sure. To where you like you, yeah. you, you, he kind of wants you to like. Or, or yeah. at least understand him. it's it's the sort of killer as outsider right kind of thing you know what i mean where like you're an outsider Whereas and he's an outsider michael myers yeah. is just a force of yeah. evil you don't yes. like no michael myers i mean in my in my own just as this is my michael myers yeah um michael myers in my opinion should be michael myers should unite everyone Everyone is against Michael Myers. Sure, Michael yeah. Myers is the only one on his team. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I think that's why you know yeah. it's the same thing with Joker, right? It's it's attempting to humanize that character. Yeah, whether you like it or not, it at least changes the character. Sure. So, so Halloween two, yeah, um, when it was released was panned by a lot of people. A lot of people hated it. And Zombie came out basically saying like. Y'all, this isn't the movie I made. Like, I made mm. a different movie, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've read actually a lot of forums about this, oddly. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I think, like, I even want to say, like, I don't know if you can even buy it right now on iTunes. Like, I really? think you have to find the Halloween disc 2? somewhere. Yeah. Interesting. Because um, I was like, ah, maybe I should buy those movies. I'm like, oh, you, I don't know that you can right wow. now. Wow. Okay. You have to um, buy a physical copy. But probably not one that's in in. Oh, just rotation. like a used copy. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, huh. From what I understand, he made a movie that went to theater that was a, a studio cut, a yeah. producer's cut, whatever. Sure. And he's like, no, guys, yeah. I made a better movie, <laughs> I promise. Sure. And then eventually the director's cut was released, Yeah. and a lot of people turned the tides on how they felt about that movie. And Interesting. Said, oh, no, this is a completely different movie. Yeah. I've read a lot of Reddit threads about this, and it made me so interested to rewatch the movie. Yeah. I don't know that I saw the director's cut. I'm not sure. I didn't. Yeah. Absolutely didn't. I watched, I watched it, it on, in the theater. I see, I saw it on HBO at some point. So I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what I saw, but I definitely need to see that. Do you think, well, let me read you this quote. I got this quote uh, talking about the Halloween remakes from bloodydisgusting.com, um, which is a website I've been to before. Yeah. Um, bloodydisgusting.com uh, yeah. uh, actually t- t- 
Today, the day we're recording this is uh-huh. December 4th. Yes. December 3rd was the release of One Must Fall. Oh, cool. Bloody's this bloodydisgusting.com, which well, that was a movie that I uh, yeah. did a lot of work on. I scored it. I, yeah. I did some sound sound design and some mixing on it. Yeah. Uh, Bloody Disgusting uh, debuted the trailer and poster for that movie. Oh, nice. So that's kind of fun. That's super cool. Super fun. Fun coincidence. So yeah, this is from bloodydisgusting.com. It says, strangely enough, the Halloween remake and its sequels' uh, biggest flaw might just be the eternal comparison to Carpenter's original, as these movies, when viewed on their own, are actually quite fascinating. Halloween 2 is particularly ballsy in its art artsy interpretation of a deeply psychological story even if it doesn't always work or feel coherent at the very least zombie dared to take a risk with a franchise which is more than most remakes can say yeah i don't know that's the thing like you can't watch a movie rob zombie makes and expect it not to be a rob zombie movie yes that's what's great about it. It's a very particular flavor, um, like we were talking about. The the thing that I that I love about Rob Zombie is the same thing that I hated about him growing up. Interesting, <laughs> you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like the stank was just too stinky. Yeah, sure. And yeah. now I'm like, yeah. maybe not. Sure, maybe yeah. maybe maybe I can appreciate his point of view. I think for me, it's it's both that I can handle the extreme things that he does in some of his films. I can handle that better than I used to be able to, just because I'm an adult person now. Yeah, you're a grown up. I'm a grown up, and it's fine. It's just a movie. Also, in addition to that, I can understand him in his artistic context a little bit more. I can understand him as referencing these older things. Yeah, because you're always wearing t-shirts with old stuff on. I'm it. always wearing t-shirts with old stuff on it, and Monsters. he is stuff as Ouija well boards. exactly yeah this guy likes halloween to be honest he he does like halloween you not do. just not just horror but halloween yeah. and that's different it is um different. and you know i said earlier that he wears his influences on his sleeve and that's literally true sometimes he's he like he covers himself in these like pop culture reference right. you know patches and t-shirts and all this kind of stuff he's a fan as much as he's, he's a, a creator fan. you know what i mean he brings his fandom into his creativity and I think that's cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's the reason we love Tarantino so much. Yep. He's just a straight up fanboy. Yep. Same thing. It's yeah. it's him and Kevin Smith both, right? Kevin mm-hmm. Smith loves Batman and comics. Tarantino loves classic films and stuff that I don't know enough about to spout yeah. off on uh, off the cuff. Uh, and Rob Zombie loves Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the the creature from the Black Lagoon and all this kind of shit. It's a very specific lens, a very pre- specific point of view. Um, you know the types of the their, their color palettes, their their wardrobe, their set design, their lens choices. Mm-hmm. All of those things play into. I actually, th- this is a, a fun little thing. I was listening to an interview with Greta Gerwig. Do you know who that is? Yes. Remind me though. So Greta, Greta Gerwig. Gerwig was an act, uh, was an actor, still an actor actor actress mm-hmm. um in the um mumblecore movement oh yeah so okay. like francis mm-hmm. ha and those types of movies yeah. ladybird right yeah yeah so she went on to di- write and direct her first feature ladybird which yep. i think won an oscar i believe so i don't know uh she just did um a little women little women remake yep. which mm-hmm. she had actually written before she did ladybird oh interesting she's doing very well yeah and uh she's kind of like our age she grew up yeah at, you know in in like the New York scene of doing these kind of movies that were just like yeah. stuff that people our age were doing like when they were in college, sure, um, which is kind of a fun thing. Mm-hmm. But she uh, was talking about making Lady Bird, and Lady Bird, if you've seen it, is actually a very cool movie. Um, 
and it's made in a way that um, even as a young man watching it, you if if you have a sister and a mother, mm. like the interactions are not hyperbole. Yeah, it's like no, like this is how moms and sis- mom moms and daughters are. She gets it. Yeah. She gets it. Yeah. And um, but she shoots it on the Alexa. Uh huh. But she's not trying to just capture life the way it was, right? Uh huh. She's not trying to just put you in the room with the person. She's she, her thing is she wants to put a lens between you and the thing that's on the screen. Yeah. Um. And she called it uh painting the 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 frame. Yeah. And the way she would do that is they would color it in a way that felt stylized. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't shoot it on film, the thing she loved about film they just couldn't afford it. I don't think because yeah. shooting on films are expensive. Yeah. The thing about shooting on film is that you get this, especially like 16 mil or something like that, you get this grain. Yeah. And the grain signifies that this is a movie. Yes. Um, yep. It puts something between you and the thing you're watching. Yep. Um, so instead of shooting it on film or instead of putting a film grain on it, they mm-hmm. basically took the Alexa camera, overexposed it into a into black, a lens cap, and you get all of this noise. Yeah, yeah. And she took that noise and overlaid it over the entire movie. Oh, that's so interesting. So it's a, di- it's almost like a digital, it's a digi- yeah. film grain it's that's, a digital that's film pushed grain. to a point where sure it, the colors start to like, they're a little less uh, nuanced. They're yeah. more kind of like yeah. single colors, more you segmented. Know? She, yeah. And and for her colorist, uh, her and the finisher, she would say like. Uh, it needs to feel more like a painting, which meant yeah. Let's simplify the 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 grading and let's put more of that noise in there. Yeah. And she's like, I want it to feel like there's something between the audience and the thing. Yeah. And yeah. that's what Rob Zombie's doing. That's what, that's he's what doing. Tarantino's doing. Yep. They're 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 taking using the craft as a way to. Yeah. We're not throwing you in a real life situation. No. We uh-uh. are projecting the show and yes we're projecting the show and zombies not only doing that in these highly technical ways like you just described he's doing it in a sort of i mean he's doing it in those ways too i'm sure um but nevertheless he's also doing it just in his presentational style he's also doing it in these ways yeah no i mean that's super super interesting and so i don't know how exactly technically he's shooting these films but it is the film grain right yeah even the grain on devil's rejects is referencing other films it's gnarly yeah. It's some gnarly it's grain. It's full out grain. Yeah. yeah. And so and his stylistic choices and things like that. Yeah. It keeps you at an arm's length. And I think for me, that's one reason why now I can engage with whatever it is that he makes, even if it's grisly mm-hmm. violent stuff, because sure. it's like, no, no, no. The whole time it's a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, it's so, not real. No, it's not real. It's a movie. It's all fun and games. It's a it's a it's a monster movie. It's a monster movie. Yeah. Exactly. Because monsters aren't real. So we're gonna rate this guy? Yeah. All right, let's rate him. What are you thinking? Okay. Yeah. It's been the year of the zombie. Year of the zombie, 2019. I'm going to give Rob Zombie, and we didn't talk about this, but if Rob Zombie could direct a movie that a very talented... Yeah. He's talented. Sure. Even as a writer, he's yeah, talented. It, sure. It's not easy to write a movie. No, of course. It's not that he's not talented. But if he could but, team yeah. up with like a gnarly, very like talented writer... Yeah. I think he could do some really cool stuff. Yeah. Not that he hasn't done cool stuff. Of whatever, course. Whatever, whatever, I know what whatever. you're saying. I know what you're saying. But because there is this kind of like, I'm into, I'm now into the aesthetic yeah. in a way, like I get it. Yeah. Dog's not getting a 10, okay? Yeah, of course. I'm going to get he it. He wants complete control yeah. of everything he's doing. He wants to do everything. Yeah. 
that he's doing. But I'm getting yeah. up there, okay? Sure. So I'm going to give him a 6.8. Okay. Yeah. Between a 6.8 and 7.2. Sure. I think we maybe even could cross the 7. Let's give him okay. a 7.2. Okay. I'm going to give him... 7.2. I'm going to give him a 7.2. Yeah. Naked, single... <laughs> waiting on someone to walk into a room (laughs) but never notice them and not be there for any reason other than to shock the audience witches (laughs) like put put yourself in a real life (laughs) scenario where there's this just witch standing randomly in a room and the person who walks in that's supposed to be you're supposed to feel afraid for never even once notices her for folks who aren't aren't didn't just catch that reference uh aren't that deep into the zombie world uh we recently watched lords of salem halloween night halloween oh was it really oh that's right yeah we watched lords of salem on halloween night and one scene in lords of salem is his wife is the main character it's not once this happens a few times oh does it really where where she's just standing there you pointed it out once but i didn't notice it the other so his his wife is the main character uh the her character walks into a room there's a creepy ass naked witch standing somewhere in the background and then his wife's character walks out of the room and never makes contact with the witch. Right. Never scares them. And it's it's eerie. It's, it's unsettling. Eerie. And yeah. you're like, oh, just look up. Yeah. But then you put yourself in the in the scenario that yeah. that's happening. <laughs> and it's like, what's she doing Wait. there? Yeah, what's She's she She's not doing? even like reaching at no. her trying to get her or no. something. It's just like... Well, and your point that was very well made is that's only there for the audience yes that has no narrative function at all no because the character doesn't interact with the scary witch the scary witch is just there for the audience to see once again pointing to his philosophy that this is a show for the audience yes right it's not it's not meant to bury you in the narrative this is for you this scary naked witch so so you are giving him 7.2 scary naked standing there (laughs) for no other reason than to spook out the audience but feels kind of awkward when you think about it in a real life situation yeah naked witches all right so i'm i'm obviously since i proposed this this uh this this 7.1 crazy crazy, yeah 7.1 7.1 changing it okay 7.1 i don't know i'm feeling like maybe i went to like well, yeah, take it down, man. Whatever. He's a let's stick to. He's a six point eight. <laughs> he's a six point eight. All right. God, he's gonna be so disappointed at this point in the I'm, podcast I'm, when he listens. Honestly, like if you think about that as an IMDb rating, I'd watch a six. Yeah, no, movie. of course. I'm just thinking about poor Rob Zombie when he listens to this episode and he thinks, "Sweet, I crossed the seven point and then he's like, "God damn it, no, he I knows. dropped down." He yeah, knows he knows he's better. A 6.8. He knows better. All right. Well, that actually that actually fits a little bit better because I'm gonna rate Rob Zombie a 7.5 slam in the back of my dragulas the lyrics the lyrics i was gonna say the lyrics by the way are dig through the ditches oh that makes sense burn through the witches okay and slam in the back of my dragula okay so yeah you know you dig ditches 7.5 yeah ditches burn witches yeah you burn witches yeah um, what's you're what gonna you have slam? sex in the back of a car that slam that i think i, I think that's what it means i think oh. it means have sex in the back of a hot rod car that is a monster themed so it's a drag racer car but it's a dragula is it like dracula yes yeah, dracula but it's dragula oh yeah 
I think that's what that means. Yeah, sure. Uh, the kids can let me know. The kids from <laughs> 1999 or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to give him 7.5 out you've of 10. Had more, you've had a year longer to like... I've had a year longer, and also uh, the, the thing that makes it... He's not a 10, but the things that bring it down are his, his over-interest for my particular aesthetic taste on like... Uh, hillbilly cannibals his potential sort of heroizing charles manson folks yeah don't um, be like that and and to some extent his like his like depictions of women are not always great um, no. they're not inherently bad they're just always over sexualized and that's yes. that's fine in contexts but like give me that with some other things as well um so. Talk, talk, Lords of Salem opens yeah. up, and this yeah. is his wife, right? Yeah. His, yeah. Wife, his he's, wife. He's we of like really twenty title. years. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. the The first movie he ever made was the first movie she ever starred in. Yes, and they've just been doing that together for a long time. Yep. But like, the movie's not overly sexualized at all. No, as far as like in general no. content. No, but he does open up her scene with yes. her just laying nude in the bed. Of course. And with a lot of coverage. A lot of it. And going back to that butt shot lot over of it. and like showing that butt off. You could have made that scene yeah. 15% of what it was. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But. And and it, and it's never uh and that's an interesting thing too, right? His wife's in all of his stuff. He's always she's always very sexualized in a lot of his stuff. Uh and I think I made this comment when we were watching it on Halloween. She never has boyfriends. She never has <laughs> it's boyfriends. It's never her character who's like having a sex scene with some other man. No. It's just always, nope, she's just super hot naked by herself. Yeah. <laughs> so, or or know. she's with her, her brother and Yeah, whatever. exactly. Her brother and they're both serial killers or whatever. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I'm going to give him a 7.5. You're going 6.8? I'm going 6.8. Okay. I'm sticking to my guns. 6.8 I'm and not there 7.5. Yeah, totally. Maybe yeah. you never get there. I mean, it's different, different, uh, different I tastes. I need to watch rewatch the Halloween movies. True. We do need to do that but nevertheless hopefully if you aren't familiar with rob zombie then this gave you a little bit of insight if you are familiar with him you can tell us what we uh, got wrong if we missed something yeah. or if there was we something didn't. important we left out no we no. nailed it we, got uh, it all. we absolutely nailed it yeah we got but, everything. Uh, feel free to be wrong uh, in our inbox so yeah, you can be wrong in the inbox That's yeah fine you can uh, reach I'll, out to come, us. Let's be honest. All yeah. y'all want is Colton. You just want pictures of Colton, it turns out, on our Instagram. I just want to post. I'm going to post. We here's got, what I'm going to do. We got more likes I on know. Instagram than we have I followers. I know. On Instagram. I know. And that's. I don't we're, know if that's hey, weird. We're a new know. podcast. We're still slowly sure. building it up. Yeah. But y'all love y'all that love picture. That Hashtag Bachelor Nation. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to remember to do this. Whenever the Rob Zombie episode drops... I'm going to try to post a picture of Colton as a promo for the Rob Zombie episode (laughs) and like hashtag it Bachelor Nation just to see. Just to Uh, see. And if anybody listens this far, that'll be an inside joke for us. But all right. So cool. This Uh, whole podcast is an an inside joke. The whole thing is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel good about this. I feel good about Rob Zombie. Yeah. 6.8 and 7.5. Where can people follow you online? Uh, They can follow me at uh, on Instagram at Willer Clowns from Outer Space. And they can also follow us, the podcast, at Common Creatives Podcast. And you can reach out to us and let us know if you want us to cover something uh, that you love. And we'll think about it. Hey, can you guys do an episode on uh, the new Bachelor, Peter? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is yes. Absolutely. Yes, we're going to watch it. We're going to watch it. We are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Where can can they follow you? 
Uh, I'm on inst- Instagram at Joe Stockton. Yeah. I'm, I'm st- trying to tweet a little bit more, trying oh, to get back okay. on the, the Twitterverse. Cool. What's your Twitter? It's at Joseph J Stockton. Oh, there you go. That makes started sense. off as at Joe Stockton, sure. but then like I was in a band for a long time and I tried to be all cool, like using my oh yeah NB Joey or whatever it oh, was, okay. and then yeah, like sure. Joe Stockton got took. Oh man, and I'm like Joseph J Stockton, but sure. at the same time, does that sound a little bit more like that's a little more yeah, composer? Of course. Yeah, you're you know? an artist. Yeah. All right. Well, go on. Follow us. Uh, let us know if we got anything wrong on Rob Zombie. We didn't. But yeah. You thanks. Can, thanks you can to the uh, destination for hosting our 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 uh, <laughs> little little podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Go check them out. Destinationcomics.com. And is there anything you need to plug? Are we good. I was actually thinking earlier. There probably is some stuff, but um, oh, um, I. Uh, have y'all seen the new there's a new episode of a, a web series called Bagged and Board that yeah. I've been involved with for several years. Bagged and Board season two, episode one. Yep. I did some fun orchestral mock up style score for that. Really cool. Really cool stuff. And I got to make a what the kids are calling a bop. It is a bop. And actually, I told Joe this uh, a few weeks ago after I watched this episode. I heard the song uh, at the end of that episode. I liked it at the end of Bagged and Board Season 2, Episode 1. I liked the song. And I had to listen to it a couple times to make sure that it was Joe uh, doing yeah. the song. I was like, oh, wait, that would have been Joe that did the music for that. You should, <laughs> I rewound it, it. it. Yeah. What's ridiculous about making, once you guys hear it, what's ridiculous yeah. ridiculous about making a song like that? Yeah. Is like, I, for that, for those, you know, I, I don't use like Chris as an engineer for that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just me with a microphone yep. in my room yep. at the studio by myself. Yeah. Sometimes there are producers working on like commercials <laughs> in the sure. next room, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I've got this microphone and I'm just, with my headphones on, all mm-hmm. they can hear is do 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 and I'm just like yeah. you gotta do it. I love doing that. Like you gotta do it. I want to I wanna find a place like when I was recording. I could have waited till after hours, but I wanted to go home. Yeah, right. I remember like tracking the uh the Hepburn and Winter record and I remember sitting there for like I would spend like two and a half hours just doing a shaker, just nobody yeah. in the room, me drinking a beer and just doing a shaker. It's a good time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, 6.8, 7.5. Yeah. Rob Zombie, definitive yeah. take on him. Would you say that in terms of Rob Zombie and in terms of digging through the ditches, you know, like burning through the witches, yeah. slamming in the back of my Dragula, uh, would you say that you concur, Doctor? I would. I would say that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> Thank you for listening, D-N-N.